0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. Our main aim for this podcast is to guide you towards God's grace and truth for you so that you can pass God's grace and truth on to your children. Well, thanks for being with us today. Today's podcast is on adoption because November is adoption month. Today, my colleague Chad Hange is with me at the mic because together we get to have a really fun conversation with a special couple that we will introduce to you in just a minute. Hi, Chad. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, Stacy. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, Chad, you and I did an episode on why changing your parenting is so hard. And wow, we have gotten a lot of great feedback on it. So, right. hey, do you have any thoughts on why that content seems to be so well received?
1: Well, I think most parents that I work with in coaching and that we may be in, coming contact with at Connected Families are wondering, why is it so difficult, right? You've given me some tools and some ideas and some things that, to do differently, and I'm doing them. And is it normal for this to not work right away, or for right. big intensity to kind of come back in your face and And so I think there's a level of a sense just that that idea of is this okay? Am I doing yeah. something wrong here? Right. Uh, when in fact, when change is hard, it oftentimes not always, but it's oftentimes a sign that that maybe we're heading in the right direction.
0: That episode has landed well on so many people. and so, hey, if anything that Chad even just said right now, if that Peaks your interest, go back and listen to that podcast. It was called Why Changing Your Parenting Is So Hard. It was Hmm. a good one. Well, we have a special guests with us, don't we, Chad? We, we can't do. wait to introduce them. Would you like to do that?
1: I would. So our guests today are Joe and Becky. And uh, Joe and Becky came to Connected Families, heard about Connected Families many years ago. They were actually, know, they weren't my first, but probably within the first year of my parent coaching in 2012, 2013. <laughs> no
0: need uh, to see the number, Chad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, well, it just means eyeballed, right? And so uh, sure. I've been around for a little bit at uh-huh. Connected Family and uh, they jumped in and reached out for some coaching. And so it has been just a joy and a treat for us at Connected Families, for me in particular, to get to know them. We did some coaching and then periodically, which is true for all of us, right? People show back up they go, hey, Mm -hmm. we're at a different stage and age of life right now. And things are a little different. How do we apply the framework in this particular situation? And so we've just had a great uh, privilege of uh, walking with their family for a number of years. And so I just want to welcome joe and becky welcome to the microphone uh, so glad that you're uh, willing to join us here
2: thanks chad it's great to be here
1: thanks chad
3: and stacy for having us uh, makes us feel a lot older now that uh, you bring it up that way
0: <laughs>
3: uh,
0: i wish well, everyone could see you you look like 20 year olds you guys <laughs> i know thanks exactly
1: <laughs> exactly so i'm just curious about just your uh introduction, right? I gave you a little bit of an introduction, but would you just be willing to introduce us to your family just in in as much as you want to share that, that journey, but this is really about you as parents. And uh, although your kids have joined you through adoption, yeah, what do you want us to know?
3: Well, yeah, Chad, thanks again. And uh, just to let you know some background, Becky and I have been married for going on 22 years now, seems like just yesterday, time flies. (laughs) And a little bit about our family. We have three wonderful children. Our three kids are 11, 8, and 6, and all three of them are adopted.
2: Yeah, our journey to adoption was, or has been, one of great blessings, um, but also some trials. We actually, when we first started trying to get pregnant, and um, Couldn't and struggled with infertility for several years, but we had always both talked about adoption. So after processing through some of our emotions, mostly me, around the infertility, adoption just seemed like a natural fit for us. We adopted two of our kids through private domestic adoption and another through foster care. And um, we actually have open adoptions with two of our kids, and um, because we believe that it's important for them to know as much as possible about their birth families and to have relationship with them if, if it's appropriate and safe. Uh, it, it's been a bumpy road for us and not always oh. easy, but we really value our kids' stories and their adoption stories above our feelings or our discomfort around that.
0: So you mentioned the word bumps. I wonder what were some of the bumps that you experienced in those early days around your parenting?
2: Yeah. I I mean, I think that's when we first kind of came to Chad is our oldest daughter was three and we started realizing that like, it wasn't as easy as we thought. I think we just thought we'd come into parenting knowing exactly what to do. We were finding that we were getting really easily angered and triggered mm-hmm. and and what we were trying just didn't really seem to work.
1: You know, so... You're looking for resources, you're kind of bouncing around, trying to figure out what are we going to do here? Because this isn't quite going according to schedule or plan or how we thought it might be going. And there's a lot of resources out there and more and more kind of coming by the day with TBRI or uh, attachment therapy or lots of books and things like that. But what was it that that drew you to Connected Families and the Connected Families framework?
2: I get teased often about, mostly by Joe. (laughs) that I am a parenting information junkie. So I honestly, no joke, own over 50 parenting books. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I read blogs. Like I am just getting all the information that I can.
3: Yeah. So the, the big joke in our house is when we, we sit down for our coffee in the afternoon is so, so Joe, I was reading this, uh, blog or I was listening to this podcast. And here I find myself on a podcast now giving uh,
1: parents guidance, which
3: is is pretty funny. But in terms of, you know, what really has kind of helped and and brought us back into this is the the big misconception that there's a quick fix to everything, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we can solve this real quick with, you know, some formula. And that's really What's continued to lead us back to connected families is that it provides a framework, and and it really the main focus on the framework is the long game, and that this isn't some one and done solution where hey, I've solved this behavior problem and now we can move on and we have the perfect children, right? This is. Hey, I want to build character in my children. I want to have solid relationship and help them to have relationship with others and understand how to communicate and be effective with people. And probably one of the core things that we just keep coming back to with Connected Families is the gospel centered framework that this this comes out of a place that we believe is truly biblical. And and we just love how it comes back to Jesus and where the gospel, you know, foundation that it's built on.
0: I love that the long range view of parenting, and the gospel and how it's infused. And I know that's why so many people come to connected families. I wonder as an adoptive family, you know, I think about my own journey having adopted, right? As adoptive parents we're always like, does this fit my family? <laughs> so when your daughter was three and you first started coming, how did you know this fit your family?
2: Honestly it took a while. I think Joe talked about the quick fix and I think we Still would kind of go back to trying to fix it really quickly, but I think when we realized that it was a good fit for our family, it's when we started to see connecting with them work. Honestly, we started to see relationships getting built with our kids and we started to see them feeling safer and, um, and started doing the things that we were talking to them with their siblings. So I think that's when it started working. And you asked Chad about the TVRI, the trust-based attachment therapy type. And I think For adoptive families, I think that and connected families really pair so well. It's very, very similar because as adopted parents, you really hold your kids' adoption stories. And if your kids feel like you're safe and that you love them no matter what, then they feel like they can come to you to ask those questions about their birth families or their adoption stories both TBRI and connected families really provide that safe, connected place.
1: Kind of as a starting point, right? Asking that question, what's going on with me before, and what's going on with my child before jumping in and saying, what should I do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. Which oftentimes leads parents towards just getting it right. You know, going, what should I do, but doing that underneath work. That's so important. And one of the things that happens when we speak at a church or a conference where there's a large contingency of parents who have adopted They'll oftentimes say afterwards, like, this is one of the first times that I've heard a parenting thing where it felt like, I think this might actually be helpful for yeah. our kids, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. super prescriptive. It is a framework. It's descriptive. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at too, Joe, is just just that idea of there's a framework here. It's it's going to guide our our process and our and our interactions. So I guess question, you know, what were, or were there some kind of internal struggles that you had to work through to, to get yourself to a place where receiving kind of what we were teaching around the framework helped you kind of get there?
3: I had to realize real quickly that every situation is not an emergency. Every parenting opportunity is not an emergency. The kids don't need an immediate solution in that particular moment. And in a lot of cases, they're not even going to hear what I'm saying, especially with a loud voice or yelling at them and, and all that stuff is that things aren't emergencies. And so I had to learn really quickly and i think i did was to right size the response to the situation and really just understanding that getting calm first and foremost right that's the first the first step is you are safe right and so understanding how that plays into everything else and that that gives the opportunity for the resolution down the line right because we're we're providing a place where everyone can be calm and we can come to some form of resolution throughout the the framework. The other thing that I also came to realize is that I have a knee-jerk reaction to do and say horrible things just because of the sinful nature, right? We're we're sinful, unfortunately. And I don't have great thoughts. And so the best thing though, that I've, that I can say out of this is that I've come to look at that and say, okay, what is the opposite of this reaction? Right. And so that's something where I've been able to look at it and say, okay, I've got this horrible reaction in my head. I don't have to act on it. And I can, I can look and then say, well, what would the opposite? Be? And that's usually something around God's grace and love and, and forgiveness and responsibility. So.
2: I think another internal struggle that I have had to deal with um, is chaos in our home. I grew up as an only child of a single parent, and so my home was very quiet. There was no sibling conflict, and um, now I have three lively, expressive kids, and it's been hard. <laughs> and I think I've um, I started off really trying to make them fit into the mold that I wanted in terms of chaos. But what I've really learned is how to figure out what I need to do in terms of self-care so that I can stay calm and grounded in the midst of our chaotic and loud and lively
0: home. So good, you guys. Thanks for your vulnerability on that because I know I relate to it, and so many of our listeners do. We're, hey, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're parents that are working through this, and by the grace of God, we are asking that question what's going on inside of us so that we can learn and change and show up different for our kids. I love it. We're going to go to a break right now, but we have got more questions for the two of you afterwards. So hold on just a minute. Hey friends, I have a question for you. Would you like to be part of the Connected Families team? I want to let you know that we have an insiders team and we want to invite you to be part of it. Well, here's how it works as part of the insiders team you will receive an email every friday with one okay only one simple action step that will take five minutes or less that email will come from our executive director anna brush you'll also have early access to resources that we're developing we'll ask you to give us some feedback on those and you will learn about jobs or opportunities that we have available first Here's the other thing about being on the Insiders team. You are going to feel all the love from the Connected Family staff. You're going to feel the love because we consider the Insiders team sort of like our jet engine. When Anna, our executive director, set it up, we had no idea how crucial this team would be to our continued growth and reach. Well, if you're interested in joining the Insiders Team, check the links in our show notes to sign up or go to our website and search Insiders Team. We look forward to having you on board.
1: So, we're back with Joe and Becky, and uh, Stacy and I have the privilege of uh, sitting down and chatting with uh, both of you. Thanks so much again for joining us. And I just I want to pick up from where we left off. We've alluded to, we've talked about the framework. Most people that will be listening to this have some idea if you've listened to any other podcasts about the framework, but I'm curious about how the messages that we talk about, the four messages, what that looked like practically for you. And, and let's just start with the first message, the message, you're safe with me. How did that affect you, your parenting and your relationship with your own kids?
2: Yeah, this has been one of the messages that I've really found myself saying in the most and has really been the most impactful, honestly, on my parenting in terms of really slowing down to consider what is going on inside of me and really helps to change my posture towards my kids and my heart towards my kids. I think one of the the biggest ways that I do that and is most impactful is by evaluating my beliefs. And so I really work to look at my false beliefs and what I'm believing that's untrue or unhelpful about my kids or me. And then spend some really intentional time. I'm a journaler, so I'll journal a lot and ask God to help me craft a grace-filled belief, um, which really, I believe, helps to renew my mind and changes that heart posture towards my kids. I actually have one that I am happy to share if you think that that might be helpful.
0: Yeah, please do. Okay.
2: So I, uh, we have a tween daughter and I was finding myself really struggling in letting go of control in this new space in our lives. I was also experiencing a lot of the what ifs of a lot of my fears around this, this new stage and kind of grieving a bit of the transition to this new stage out Mm -hmm. of the little kid kind of place. So I journaled and I really feel like God spoke to me and helped me to craft a new belief. And it's, she's a strong girl with a sweet heart who wants her independence and is growing up and separating as she should. We are both working to figure out what that looks like. It's going to be messy, but God's in it with us and his plans are good. And I mean, I think Mm -hmm. just even reading that now I get emotional because Mm -hmm. it speaks such truth um, about this situation, but is also so hope-filled, really helps to just change and transform my
0: heart. And Becky, uh, change your actions even, right? Like that's yeah. the work because what would what, what the before picture, the before the truth that God gave you, what would that look like if you don't mind sharing?
2: I think it would be very controlling. Uh-huh. And I, I was honestly coming out of a place of fear uh-huh. and nagging and trying trying to get her to be someone that she's not. And I think this gave the freedom to let God be in control and to remind me of truth to hold on to. So
0: Ooh, I love that. And then it brings connection between you and her, doesn't it? Yes.
2: Of yeah, for sure. It. Yeah. She notices that heart change and posture towards
1: her too. And, you know, I'm glad Stacy was talking there because I was, that's a big deal. You said, well, this is where I oftentimes go most, right? To, to these, the four messages. This one, the first message you're saved with me is we never leave it. I don't know, breaking news for you. My kids are a little <laughs> older than your kids, but there are still times where I find myself in all out control mode or all out, you know, no, you, know, you will, you know, and you're just yes. like, hold on a second. And if we haven't done our work, right, around what is really going on in me and what are the toxic beliefs, what are the graceful truths, it is really hard to find that place of peace. So thanks for saying that. How about for you, Joe? Any thoughts about that for you?
3: Yeah, thanks, Chad. And it's been a huge transformation, the message of you are saved with me, because I think the Bible teaches us that Jesus is a safe place. Right. Jesus mm. is that place where we can go and he loves and forgives us first. Right. And that's really what that safe is for me, is that you know, he's showing us that way of of love and safety. And I, I used to have and I still have a knee-jerk reaction to anger. It's just that's just how I'm wired. And but I have just that moment of clarity, you know, that I don't have to react. I can respond. I can respond to my children. I can respond with the slow, low and listen. And that's been the huge win for me. i give you a quick example. You know, I've taken it as far as laying down on the ground so that I'm slow, I'm low
0: and listen <laughs> yeah.
3: and it's good. try it. If you're a parent out there, try it. It is almost impossible to yell at your children if you are laying down on the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're very uh, slow if you're laying in the ground. <laughs> slow, low.
3: You know, that's that's really been the, the takeaways. And I, w- I want to remove that the fear that my children have been the message of fear that I've been using as a, as a parent, you know, the fear mongering of I'm in control, I'm bigger, stronger than you, and you're not, you don't have any power. And so really that, that message that you are safe is, is transformational.
0: That's really, really good. So the next question I have for the two of you, how did, how did the whole framework help you navigate your different parenting styles? Like, right. Like no matter what, anytime two people come together, they have different (laughs) <laughs> different backgrounds, different ideas, different ways that they think things should be, especially around parenting so how did how did the framework help guide the two of you? in parenting your kids?
3: You know, it's funny, Stacey, uh, we actually didn't have extremely different approaches on parenting. Oh, we're both okay. real type A's. Yeah, we're both real control freaks. And uh, so like, we, we like things a certain way. We don't uh-huh. like chaos. We don't like loudness. And so we, we like controlling stuff. So we were actually on board kind of similarly there. We got lots of other issues that we worked through, but parenting, we were, we were kind of on the same page, which is funny. But I think the opportunity that it did provide us was a, a platform, right? Because you've got the framework. So we can, we can dialogue. We have communication around, you know, how different approaches work and improve. And we've both been able to help each other tremendously through this process of years of, Hey, try this language, try this approach when you're in this particular situation. So having that commonality is, I think, tremendous just as, as, you know, just like having, you know, a Bible centered marriage, right? Having that same faith uh, is foundational in our marriage. I think parenting from the same perspective is also foundational.
1: Yeah. And, and oftentimes we'll find that the framework is, you know, pyramid-esque of sorts, and it's got, you know, you're safe with me, you're loved no matter what, the bottom two tiers and you're called and capable and you're responsible The to top two. And parents will find themselves oftentimes on one, you know, top or bottom of that typically kind of naturally. Where did you find yourself? Is it, it more on the top, just kind of connection or correction as a, as a starting point and needing to work on the bottom part of that pyramid? Is is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, that was always the starting point was we started the pyramid or the, the framework upside down, right? We always wanted to start <laughs> with the correction. Mm-hmm. Let's get that behavior nipped in the bud and move on. The framework does flip it on its head and and really makes you approach it differently. And in some cases, and in, I'd say even a decent amount of cases, we don't even get to the, the correction. It's, it's more about the relationship and more about connecting and you know, being safe with them and, you know, responsibility, but it really does change the approach that we had initially.
1: That's a curious thing because it's counterintuitive to what I would have started off believing as a parent and uh, most people that I coach with, starting with connection and you're safe, you're loved, you're called and capable, you oftentimes don't get to the place of correction necessarily or needing a full kind of big consequence around that. So you can go there a little bit, you know, another kind of question off of that, but how has the framework impacted you? And like, what do you know now, several years into the, the framework and working to implement these things that you maybe wish you would have known then or understand a little bit differently than earlier in your parenting?
3: Yeah, I think the main thing that I took away now is to keep it simple. It, it's, it's, it's a robust framework, right? There's so much information, which is great because it explains all the ins and outs of why this framework is so valuable to, you know, building strong children. And I think the most valuable thing has been to just take a slow and simple approach and that you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to rush through the steps. It's not a, it's not a process where you're going to, you know, insert X, Y, and Z and, and end up with a, a product at the end. It, it is really the ability to just say, okay, you know, what does this situation need? And I think that leads into my next point is that you, you want to also be able to adapt the framework. To the particular situation, the scenario, or the environment that you're in, right? Uh, what is going on in that situation? Am I am I in the car with a bunch of screaming kids on a family trip, or you know, is it the you know 9 p.m. and everyone's going crazy trying to get to bed, or is it the beginning of the day and, and people are fresh and uh, willing to have better conversations? You know, it really depends on the situation and being able to just take the framework and and take the pieces that you need at that particular time to apply to that situation.
0: I love that, Joe. So I have to ask you though, what does keep it simple look like when you're in the car with your kids and they're all screaming? I mean, Uh, mean, make it practical for us a minute.
3: Here's a good one. It's the, uh, it's the old misdirection. So Uh I'll do something real simple, like uh, try to, try to break the tension. They love when I come on the, I I pretend like I'm a airline pilot and I'll come (laughs) on the uh, car radio and uh, I'll say shh. You know, we're we're driving along here at, you know, ten thousand feet and you know, that kind of thing. And uh the situation doesn't need to continue on and just try to get their attention in a different way.
0: Yeah. So you're using humor and cutting through the tension of the moment and being safe is that you're not getting angry and upset and letting Mm -hmm. all of that really dictate your emotional state in that moment, but you're you're okay. Even if they're not okay in the back, you're okay. (laughs)
3: And, And also modeling you know, to make it right right? You know, as parents, we're, so that's a good example that I provided you with a a bad example is, you know, we're going to pull this car over until everyone's quiet, or you know, something like that and uh, the make it right. And, you know, coming back and helping them to know and model asking for forgiveness, modeling the fact that we are sinful, we are human, and we are going to make mistakes as well, but we can model what it looks like to say, okay, Hey, I messed up. Please forgive me. We'll try to do this better.
0: So sitting in the place that you're at right now, If you would say something back to yourselves when your daughter was three, what would you like to tell yourselves?
2: A lot of what Joe said, I think just to piggyback on that and answer that question, I think we thought. Like we have to do this, then this, then this, then this. And so we both learned to adapt that framework and realize that our kids have different personalities. So what works well with some of them and doesn't work well with others, we have one child who hates questions. And so like the peace process is tougher for that child. So we've had to kind of modify how we've done that with that kid. I would tell myself then when my daughter was three, that what worked well one time does not not mean it's going to work well another time mm-hmm. that again, we have to be ad- adaptable and have that long view in mind rather than that quick fix right then. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we just have a couple of questions before we finish our time together, but I wonder how have you been impacted just spiritually? I mean, we, we've we sort of laced that through the whole conversation. You've talked about the gospel and, but I wonder if you have anything else to add there around how the framework has impacted you spiritually?
3: Yeah, I think for me, the difference that it's given me is it's given me a different lens uh, to try to look at situations through my children's lens and other people's lens. So really what I'm talking about is empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Is that um, understanding that the person across from me, whether it's my children or, or, a work colleague or a friend or a family member is going through something completely different than my experience and recognizing that they have thoughts, feelings, and emotions around whatever our interaction is. They could be coming from a bad situation. They could be coming from a good situation. It, it, and so really just trying to see, you know, the perspective of, you know, how is this particular individual coming to this particular situation that we're having this discussion on? And really that, that for me is empathy because before I just wanted to look at the world through my lens, it's faster, easier. And, (laughs) you know, I figured my ways got me to where I'm at, but, you know, at the same time, you know, having that empathy, really trying to understand and love someone for where they're at right then and there is, is really I think that the biblical message of what, what this is trying to get for me.
2: I think for me, it's really helped me look at scripture a little bit differently in that seeing Jesus as a discipler and encourager of people and kind of taking on that discipler encourager as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like one story I just love is Peter. And when he denied him three times, you know, Jesus didn't go and like, ta- you know, tell him what he did wrong and make and make amends to him and whatever. He asked him three times if he loved him. He's, Skipped some of the messages in the framework, really, in some ways, but he was safe with them and he loved him no matter what. And I think that allowed him to then be called incapable and responsible. So I think seeing Jesus in a a new light in terms of a parenting example, really, and how he treated people.
1: So many of us, and we've seen it at Connected Families often, that when parents really start to understand the, the relationship and we're able to receive that grace. (laughs) that God has for us. It's really hard to pass on what we've not received. That's the work. It's a a spiritual work, really. And then helping pass on and, and helping our kids receive that from us as well, you know, I, I think we always try to be really practical. Connected families, and we've talked a, a lot about kind of your journey, and just appreciative again and of your willingness to jump in. But what are some practical tools, resources that have just been the most helpful for you at different stages and seasons in your parenting?
2: One thing is that Lynn had talked. I've heard Lynn and everyone on the Connected Families staff say that what you focus on fertilizes. And so, but I didn't really know how to practically implement that in our lives. So about a year ago, I got a little journal for each of my kids. And and I started every night. Now I do it every two or three nights, but I'll write down a little two or three sentences about something I saw them do that day, um, either to their siblings or something well. And then I'll talk a little bit about the character that I saw in them and thank them for it. And then the next day I'll go and look for that kiddo. And they know now when they see me coming with that book and I'll get down and I'll look them in the eyes and I'll just say, Hey, you know, I saw you today being really kind to your sister. And I really appreciate that. And um, they love it. I think even one of our children who really struggles with affirmation, she always says thank you at the end of it and is always really appreciative of it. And so that's really worked so well that Joe got jealous of my affirmation books for the kids.
3: I wanted affirmations too. So, <laughs>
2: so yeah, I started for yeah. him about six months ago. And um, I think it's honestly even blessed our marriage in, sure. in some ways. It's the
3: best part of my day. Oh. <laughs> and, um, oh. and I oh. think
2: too, the other really practical thing is implementing play in our lives um, has been really helpful in diffusing stressful situations, both in my fight or flight and in my kids' And it's brought a lot of fun and humor into our life. Um, The funny thing is, I can't believe how much it's actually helped me when I feel uptight. Like, for instance, if we're connecting, I'm trying to connect with the kids, like I'll just say, you know, who's your number one fan? And they'll say like, daddy or, you know, Buster Posey or whatever. And I'll say, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tickle them a ton and then they'll go, okay, okay. Ask again. Okay. Who's your number one fan? And we just do it over and over again. And then at the end, they'll say mom's my number one fan. And I'll say, yeah. And dad and sis and bro. And then sometimes in hard or stressful times of conflict, when like talking about values, or even after a fight or a squabble, it's been kind of helpful to bring play in. I'll say like, hey, we really need to respect each other," And they'll look at me like, did she just say each another? Uh-huh. And I'll say what? <laughs> like, it's each another. And they're like, no, it's not mom. And then they start laughing. And then <laughs> we so making up just funny words can help to diffuse that tension in our home so that then we can, I think it provides the safety too, and then move on to talking about that value or whatever. So that's been really, really helpful for us.
0: So Becky, did humor come naturally to you? Does it? Or did you have to work on it?
2: That's a great question. I think, I I don't want to say I'm a funny person, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, is she a funny person? She's funny.
2: (laughs) I think I'm more goofy. Goofy is the right word for me. Uh, And I think even my tween daughter will think I'm goofy and roll her eyes, but I think even she appreciates it and (laughs) will it'll help to just diffuse that situation. I'll dance, you know, when I'm feeling uptight and um, so now they know to do it too. And I think it just... Like I said, it's amazing how much that helps to diffuse my uptightness too. So,
0: well, I love, love, love those examples, the book and the affirmations I just that just feels to me even as I picture it like a holy moment just mm. so powerful to connect with your kids and then humor and I think <laughs> I sometimes say to my daughter who came to me through adoption like I'm sorry you didn't get a funny mom I'm so <laughs> sorry like I know you just got what I am and I'm sorry about that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have gotten better at being a cringy mom like that's no. what I hear <laughs> as Jesus. my kids have gotten older and I say the things that aren't cool anymore it's like cringe mom I'm like uh, and then I just own it I'm like own that's it me. <laughs> like, congratulations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh this has been such a valuable conversation I have one last question that I would love to ask you guys and it's because I'm a parent and hey we're we're all parents and so we know that life throws us things and you know, there's, we can go up, we can feel like we're doing awesome. And then er, there's a little bit of a crash moment or we feel like we get stuck again. And so, and I know that that's a pattern that all of us parents go through. So when you feel like you're getting into that stuck place again, what do you go back to that mm-hmm. brings life? Yeah, I think
2: journaling through the framework has really helped me to think clearly and intentionally about parenting struggles. I think when I start spinning out or feeling like it was a disaster or I don't know what I'm doing, I think I go back to the, the four messages and journal about what's going on in me and what's going on with my child and how can I show my kids that I love them, what wisdom and skills do we Need to work on, and then even coming up with ideas for consequences or natural impacts. I think doing that helps me to feel that I'm not so in the dark when that situation comes up again, and it it feels just—I feel like I'm on sturdy ground more that I have God's wisdom and skills on on how to handle the situation and have a parent. So,
3: and I think for me, it's it comes back to prayer. You know, really just trying to. Pray to God, pray about my, my participation in the situation, um, you know, how I am affecting the situation, uh, asking for forgiveness, asking for wisdom, asking for transformation and to and for guidance and strength and, and just all the things that God can provide through prayer. And so, just recognizing that, and it it just really centers me around, you know, the situation because things things are going to get tough. They don't. That's the one constant is the change, and things are going to be dynamic and and always constantly changing. So you just have to be ready for you know whatever's next.
2: And I think we've had to go to therapy to work through some of our own issues, and we've had to talk to our friends or joined groups or spent some really deep time in prayer. I mean, we that what's going on a knee message is a constant work in our lives. And have we've had to go in different places and resources to get help with that.
1: You know, again, just speaks to, to doing our work, right? I, I know the temptation of just not doing the internal work and just looking at my kids and saying, you need to knock that off or you need to get your act together, or you need to stop doing that and start doing this. But underneath that, there's a level of work that if we're willing to go in there and we're willing to to just, you walk through it really well, Becky, and you're just like, what's going on with me? We have to start what's going on with me? What's it like to be my child right now? What skills are they lacking that I, that I want to help grow? And then then what should I do as a point of how do I build wisdom, uh, maybe through a consequence or a do-over or something like that? But I just appreciate just the depth that both of you have been willing to, to dig into and to dive into. And there are no guarantees about our kids right? We just, we don't know where everything's going to turn out, but the fact that you have relationship, I just keep thinking about the affirmation journals, right? (laughs) Now we're going to hold somebody accountable. Okay. But they know that for three months, mom has been coming to me, telling me what she's liked about me and what she believes in me and affirms in me. And it's not a trick, right? To go, I'm going to do this. And now I can really hold you accountable over here. It's just this mom's in there dad is in there for me right they love me so when accountability comes we come from a place of of a reservoir right rather than we're empty so anyway i love that and uh, i wish we had way more time to just keep unpacking and hear even more things that you've been doing to impact your kids and i will say this as i wrap up is that this is likely the only episode where a buster Posey reference uh, will have been made okay and you oh, don't know when you don't know, if you don't know who Buster Posey is, you can Google it, right? And uh, you can find out. But I was just like, what? This is awesome. Anyway, Greatest it. of
0: all time. Come on. There you go.
1: There you go. Undisputed, I'm sure. So
0: in our home, uh, love it, Chad. Thanks for joining me to interview Ooh, today. Me. And Joe and Becky, thanks for being Thank here you. and Thank sharing you yourselves. Yeah, yeah, lots of fun. So fun. Glad you are with us. Hey friends, if you found this podcast useful, please subscribe and leave us a positive review so other families can find us and learn how to parent with peace and connection. And please check out our new website, go to connectedfamilies.org. See you next time.